This is a parental guidance moment. Welcome back to the Sunday service. It's the home of the hostile gospel, the world's shittest podcast. And today I have one of my favorite comedians in Newcastle, the talented, the handsome, the hilarious Ben McClellan. How are you, mate? Oh, mate. Almost butchered your last name then. Fuck me. Oh, mate, don't worry. You got all the compliments in got there. Got all the so compliments. You, it, it wouldn't matter at the end of that intro, mate. What That's an intro. It. How's the week been, mate? Mate, not too bad. I'm on holidays after today. So if I can wait with the fan for a week after this. and Where are you heading? Just up the bay, mate. Up Just, the bay? Yeah, a couple of days up there with the kids and whatnot, so. Perla. Mate, I'm on, a, I'm on a win, mate, so. Going to win? Getting out of the timber yard? Oh, fucking yeah. Mate, so what we uh, what we like to do on the podcast is we like to do a little beverage breakdown. Uh, and seems though it's a, uh, it's a Saturday. I was, um, I was out at the Prince of Merriweather Hotel, which is where I buy these craft beer from. And the guy there, he's a fucking legend. He always... Points me in the right direction for a few things. But there was one in particular that caught my eye. And the beer that we are going to be drinking today is called The Chronic. That's right, The Chronic. It's a West Coast double IPA. Bro, I only just realized it's a double IPA. So let's hook into this. It's going to be fucking juicy. Oh, the, little, like the little logo down here it looks like the... um The, the parental advisory. That's the fucking thing yeah. I'm looking so for. So this is by Akasha, uh, the Akasha Project, which is in Five Dock in Sydney. I've never had a bad beer from these guys. So the fact that it was Akasha, the fact that it is the chronic, the fact that we have Dr. Dre's blessings to play all his beats, everything lined up, mate. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Mate, I'm fucking, I am excited. It's the first beer of the day, and uh, let's uh, let's see what they've written on the back of this old can here to give the give the lads a bit of a acknowledgement of what's happening on to so celebrate the heyday of the OG West Coast flavor with this dank piney hint from Doctor Dave, packing a banging malt build harmonized with a fat tropical and citrus beast freestyled from a. Prof- Fusion of our favourite hops. The Chronic may be the dopest triple I- uh, double IPA around. With that, mate, that fucking sold me. So cheers to you, sir. I hope you enjoy it. Let's now fancy that. little glasses. Let's yeah, go. Oh, they weren't lying when they said it's dank. Yeah, fucking hope, mate. Holy shit. It's 8%. This is an 8% beverage, 2.4 standard drinks. It tastes strong. If you don't have a hairy chest, I can guarantee <laughs> you will afterwards. Mate, it's not bad, though. It's not bad. Like, I don't know how many of these you could smash down. If you smash down a four-pack, you'd be oh, on your way. Yeah, you'd, you'd be done. There is, uh, there's a few that I've got there. There was one that's released uh, that I'm excited to do. It's a, it's a 10.5% beer. It's called The Wooden Leg, and it's like a part of this company's kind of yearly release that they do. So I was like, oh. And the guy's like, it's my favorite beer from that company. And he goes, they only do a f- he's like, they only release it once a year. 
And he's like, so you can just take two if you want. And I was like, fuck it, I'm taking four. If they're too strong, I've got a naughty corner. But a few weeks ago, I had this one called birthday suit. Birthday with, soup. With birthday suit. So oh, like suit. Gets you naked. Right. Honey. And so it's like a tw- it was a 20% beer in a 250 ml can. Fuck. It was the closest thing to drinking whiskey as like as a beer would come. Like, you know how you have a whiskey and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, after every sip, it was a bit like that. I was like, holy fuck, this is, this is a little bit intense, but... Glad you didn't get that one then. I don't think I could get through that. It was, <laughs> yeah, like, it was one of those ones that I was happy to try, but I was like, I don't think that I'm going to ever fucking go dabbling or searching for this again. But yeah. if you're up for a challenge, anyone who's listening, go and get it. But I actually quite rate the Akasha Project, the Chronic, which is a double IPA, as we said, the West Coast double IPA. Um, if you're not a big fan of double IPAs, Akasha has... Really, a really nice pale ale as well, which is a lot easier to drink than this. So, mate, if this is too much, we can we can go something else. But no, we mate, can just this pa- is, this we is can, all right so far. We so. can power through it. All right, cool. So I wanted to get you on for a while because you've got to me, what a, a really interesting style of comedy, oh, in geez. a sense that, I, and I want to be respectful how I say it, I don't want to say like you can get away with shit. <laughs> that people can't get away with, which is what I love. I was like, I watch you and I enjoy you every time because I think, fuck, I'd like to say shit like that. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, there's just you, like, like you're, and I don't want to divulge too much into your bits because I don't want to be a spoiler, but the the blowjob with the hard yakka song playing in the background oh, yeah, yeah, makes, right. like, <laughs> just made me laugh. And I, I was sitting there one day watching you do that bit and there's four hot chicks fucking hosing themselves and you're up there talking about getting your dick sucked <laughs> and you could just tell that in their head they all were like visualizing <laughs> what it would be like to get your dick sucked and all the analogies that you use and, and everything like I won't give away the bit but mate it's just it was so funny to watch and, and you're one of the funnest people to watch do comedy so I was oh, like geez, I want to get him on man so what year did you start doing comedy I think I started I think it would have been 2019, late 2019. I think I turned up for a set. Okay. Because, um, yeah, fucking, like, I don't know. I got told, I've been told fucking my whole life, people go, you should do comedy. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't write jokes. That's not for me. That's for pe- people who are good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just funny off the cuff kind of thing. I always wanted to do it, though, but I just never thought I could. And then I just hit, I just got this point where I was like, at rock bottom kind of thing. Just, no self-esteem or no, no, fuck it. You know, what, what, what's something you, you've always wanted to do you never had? Like, you got nothing to lose, and I went, comedy. So I went, all right, well, fucking go do it. What do you got to lose? And that's what kept me off. And um, a few people from work said, no, you're like, you know, you should go do it. There's like, they'd be actually finding open mics and going, oh, look, they're doing one here, they're doing one there kind of thing. So I went, fuck it, I'll, I'll go do one. So I told two blokes who were really pushing me kind of thing. I said, look, if you guys want to want to come, I'm going to go do it. And I went, all right. And I went, can we tell other people? And I went, yeah, fuck it. Why not kind of thing? So that fucking word spread around and about, anyway, about a dozen people from work showed up on this night at the Crown. And I got up and I didn't really have much plan to say. I was just going to ramble. I can't remember what I did have planned to talk about. But whatever I did just went out the window. Okay. <laughs> I got on stage. I don't remember my first time. I can't remember anything. Were you drunk? No. Nah, no? No. I, like I had one JD. I always have a, tend to have a JD and Coke just to fucking... I don't know, take the edge off. I just also like JD. 
But I wasn't drunk or anything. I just got off the stage and I looked straight into the spotlight at the at the crown and it was that fucking bright and intense. I just went blank. It was like the man in black fucking <laughs> me- memory wipe. Yeah, kind of right. <clears throat> and I went, fuck. And if, if no one was there to see me, I would have just gone, look, sorry, I'm I'm out. Like, sorry, you know. But because people were there, I was like, just talk. So I just started talking and... I just remember, all I can remember is the spotlight. This is all I remember. And I just, eventually I, I'd weaseled my way into a corner of the stage where the spotlight wasn't so bright, but no one could apparently see me either. And I just remember at one stage the bartender laughed and it scared me and it kind of, <laughs> and it kind of shocked me into what I, where I was and what I was doing. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go now. And I just walked off stage. I didn't even wait for the MC. I don't remember anything from my first time. That's and then hilarious. I didn't go back for a while because that was horrendous. Like people from work, I was really embarrassed because I, I think I was just like sex jokes, just vulgar sex jokes for the sake of like just easy laughs kind of thing. Apparently, look, apparently I did okay. Like people laughed, but I don't. I, I'm taking people's word for it because I generally don't remember it other than a light. I'm gonna go. That's my first set to me. And then my second time was a couple months later. I um, I turned up at the crown again. And I just went there to watch because I was like, I can't. Not not yet kind of thing. And they signed, and they fucking signed me up and sent me up there. And I was like, fuck. Like, so I, 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 cause I knew I went blank the first time. So I, I pressed rec- like audio record on my phone. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and anyway, I fucking just, because uh, I was like, I, whatever I say, I want to actually know what I said this time. And you can actually hear me on the way up the stage just going, fuck. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was going to say. I ate shit for about three minutes. And then I walked on to, I stumbled into, um, a couple of jokes that I occasionally will still use. But one of them was my sandwich joke about hitting women. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. I think so. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I stumbled onto that one. And then from there I went away and I, I, I finished writing some shit and came back to the, I think, to the Kent and did my first ever proper set. But I, I think I did, I don't know, because it was, it got to the first lockdown or whatever in fucking January. Yeah, on March <laughs> 2020. Yeah. By that time, I think I'd done about six sets. Yeah. Kind of sp- spaced out kind of thing. And then we came back in July and went from there kind of thing. And that's when I went, during that six months, when I when I didn't have that kind of outlet, I went, no, nah, I want to really, do this. I want to go hard at this. And that's when I actually told my missus, I said, no, nah, I want to be a comedian. You know, and this isn't a game to me. This is serious. And that's when I fucking really, put, you know, Put my head down and started working kind of thing. So it's. Do you remember the exact date that that was? The exact date. Yeah. Yeah, because it was my little sister's birthday. Because I was going to see my uh, a therapist at the time because my little sister passed away, and I just happened to have a, a appointment on her birthday. And I was talking to my therapist and said, "Look, this is what I want to do." Kind of thing. She said, "Well, you know, go do it." And yeah, she wanted you know, more than that, but yeah, yeah. And that was when I, that was the first person I said, "Look, no, this is a." This isn't a game to me anymore. Like, this is what I really want in life. Yeah. It's cool when you make that realisation that this is what you want to do. Yeah. And, like, it, it for me, when I made that realisation, it made going to work and doing a mundane job really easy because I then was able to compartmentalise things and be like, okay, well, I'm here for eight hours. Yeah. I was like, there's more than this. I'm not working that hard. My brain, instead of thinking about whatever other shit, I can start thinking about... What's funny? And I, I'd always like to try think of funny things, what happened at work, and be off the cuff funny as well. Yeah. So we're kind of similar in that instance, and I would always 
once I knew that I could do comedy and that's what I wanted to do, it helped with so much. Like I really feel sorry for people that work nine to five or work a full-time job and then they go home. And that's it. They watch Netflix. They get up in the morning. They might, you know, go to the gym or something like that and then have to do it again. Like I think as a creative person without having a creative outlet. Yeah. It had, it fuck. I know for a fact it fucking kills me because when I first moved to Newcastle, there was nine months where I was working night shifts at in a bar, yep. applying for job after job, and just you know, your resume looks good. We like you as a person. You seem like a good dude. We're after someone of two years of experience. You've only got the one year. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Like if I've ticked every other fucking box, give me a crack. Yeah, now comedy was literally, um, it, it, it's really turned my life around. Because I always wanted the, I always wanted the, the wife and kids in the house kind of thing. Always wanted it from when that was my, my goal kind of thing. And it, you know, I, I had all that. Got got a mortgage, got wife, kids, and all that. And it was like still something's missing. Like what? You know, why am I still just not feeling it? Like you know. And that's when, and, and the more that went on, the more I started, I don't know, breaking down in other areas kind of thing. And that's when I realized like I've got to fucking do something. And it's what will make me happy. And I went comedy, and so I went and gave it a go. And from there, I've been fucking happier than I've ever been because I'm actually finally doing it kind of thing. Yeah, so. and there's nothing like the feeling when you... And it turns out I'm actually all right at it. So. And you're all right. Yeah, you do good. <laughs> there's nothing like when you have a great set when you crush as well. And I just get goosebumps talking about this. Like when you you come off and you're like, oh, I'm not getting to bed till like yeah. fucking 11.30 tonight because it's just, it's like, a, it's like a natural drug in a sense. The oh, adrenaline... Man. The dopamine. Laughter has always been like a drug to me. Like, yeah. What? <clears throat> Were you a class like, clown? No. No? No, I was, I was funny in school, but I was never like an attention seeker kind of thing. Yeah, okay. But I was like, you know, I was a funny one in the group, but I wasn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't muck up and, I, I, you know, I, I never got in trouble for anything in school. I'd go there and just do my schoolwork, go home kind of thing. Like, Yeah, okay. But um, I don't remember what I was going to say before that, but. We were talking about creative outlets and, and comedy. Yeah, I don't know. I fucking lost it. Lost it. Sorry, mate. I'll try no, not to interrupt you, you when you get... No, you're, you're all right, mate. Fucking, I've just got a one-track mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both, mate. Um, is there a comedian that kind of inspires you or is there an artist that, that might inspire you that you look at and you're like, I, f- I fuck with that person a lot or you like what they represent? So my, my big... Oh, so Yeah, okay, I've got a couple. So favourite band... Is ACDC, and what I like about them and what they they've quoted it a few times is like you know everyone goes everyone goes oh every Akadaka song is the same kind of thing and they go well yeah it is like they just own it they go that's what that's what we do that's what people like so we just keep doing it so just like we're just going to do us like we're not going to go changing the fucking wheel to try and appease people they're like this is what we do like we're just going to keep doing it and so I'm like well, and, and the way I translate that over is like well. Like, cause I've, I've got caught in the trap sometimes of being like, oh, I'm too fucking, too many sex jokes. You got to fucking, you know, change your stuff. You got to soften it up a bit and whatnot. And it's like, well, no, like, cause this is what you do. Just do what you do, and fucking, you know, you'll find your crowd kind of thing. Like, so it's a lame expression that people say. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm someone's shot of whiskey. But I think there. I've is, never heard the shot of whiskey one, but yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, you know, hundred percent. And I'm right. and I. I think that as a comedian, you eventually figure out who you are and, and, and I'm still on the journey of figuring out who I am. Yeah. Cause I've got a whole Rolodex of shit that I haven't tried yet that I think would be, would be great, but keep going with who inspired you. Yeah. So uh, 
Akadak is like me. Yeah, I, lo- I love that version of them because they just go, fuck it, we are what we are. Fucking deal with it. Like, they're not pretending to be anything else. And then my top three comedians that I love, number one's Bill Burr, number two is Norm MacDonald, and number three is Ron White. Okay. And they're my main three. And I don't think, I don't think I'm like any of their style, but I just genuinely enjoy those three comedians kind of thing. Yeah. So they're my... It's really interesting because we're in the time where we have access to the internet, so you can watch so many different comedians, yeah, and you get uh, you can take a little piece from that. But I always try incorporate whatever piece that I take or whatever piece that I like about them. I try incorporate that into me. Sorry, man, I'll put that fucking thing on silent. Yeah, you're right. I um, yeah, I'll try and make that as much about me as possible and. It, I love Ron White as well. I was actually telling Dad about... You're probably about, one of the first people who actually know who he is. Yeah. I was telling my dad about Ron White this morning. We were, we yeah, were right. driving and I was like, oh, like, because Dad mentioned something about Texas and I was like, oh, you'd love this bloke. Yeah. He's so and good, his, his So I, dry. His ayahuasca story. Uh, where he on, like, on Rogan. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Ron, he's an animal. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mother Ayahuasca is like, I want to take my shirt off, but I thought I felt I looked fat. Mother Ayahuasca said to me, Ron, it's okay. The people already know you are fat. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling dad that on the way of the train this morning. He was fucking hosing himself. Um, yeah, we live, we're such, we're so lucky to live in the time that we do with the access that we have of this. And I notice even in some of my friends who are, who are into comedy, Whichever comedian they're fucking with the most, I'll start to notice little like drum patterns that they'll, yeah, you know, does he say bruh a lot or is it fucking dude? You know, there's just little things or how would he, you know, is he doing like a Schultz and smacking the mic like on his, on his leg, like yeah. laughing really hard. And it's, it's even subconscious because sometimes you'll say something on stage that just makes you laugh and you're just like, oh, fuck. And, like, you will bend over and just start laughing at people. The only person I've been told that I'm similar to is um, Manny B told me I'm similar to Nick Cody. I've never seen Nick Cody live. I haven't seen any of his I've only material. seen, like, five-minute, like, clips kind of thing. Yeah, um, I know exactly I know, who he is. Yeah, because I know he's got one of them on, the, like, a, having a pit bull or something like that. Oh, does he have the joke about... How Staffies are a Bogan's dog? I think that's him. Okay, then I definitely have seen. I've seen that clip. Yeah, I've seen that clip. Yeah, yeah. That's the only person I've been told that I'm like kind of thing. It's good when you when people say you're like. And whether whether I am or not, I don't know because I generally don't know who to compare myself to comedy wise. But um, yeah, if that's what someone sees, well, that's the only comp I've got so far. So yeah, and it is a compliment when someone's like, "Oh, you remind me of of this person." I think it's the best. I I love crushing. Yeah. But I think it's the best when you come off and then someone's like, hey, man, that was fucking awesome. But like a comedian that's like, hey, man, that was fucking, especially if you respect that person. Yeah. Someone comes up to you and they're genuinely like, good set. Like, because we've all had the, hey, man. Yeah. Good set. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> fuck off, cunt. You know, I know you, what that means. Yeah. You fucking, you fucking idiot. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to go fucking get a kebab downstairs and go home and cry, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't do that to me. But yeah, like, uh, I, I, you love those compliments and especially from, from people that you respect. So you started 2019. Yeah. You did the raw comedy at one point as well, didn't you? Uh, early this year. Early this year. Yeah. Talk us through your experience with that. Because I did raw in maybe 2019. 
Yeah, right. Or maybe two, th- maybe early 2020. I'd have to go, I think maybe 2019. Yeah, and so... Canberra was a very politically, politically driven place. I could imagine. Where I know that there's been great comedians. One of the comics there was like, don't even bother with Raw. And I was like, why not, mate? I was like, this is a comedy competition to unearth people. Yeah. And he's just like... I know you, and he goes, and I know your style, and he goes, and I've done the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and he goes, I'm telling you, with the greatest respect, you'd probably be wasting your time. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I was taken back when he said it because I was like borderline offended that, because in my own head, I'm like, I can win. (laughs) But he was like, no, like what they're looking for is they're looking for the next host of the project or – a clean cut comedian that doesn't swear too much and yeah. is is, is going to stay on the road that they tell them and do what they do. And, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, like I ended up getting into, I think the state final. Nice. I, or well, the ACT finals, I think it was, but as a wild card. Oh, okay. So they were like, yep, come on in as a wild card and we can leave it up to you. And yeah, the bloke that, the bloke that ended up going on from Canberra, I was just like, oh, like, he's all right, but was never at too many open mics and he bought, like, 25 friends to come. So when he went on, like, the pop from his laughter, I think, swayed some people. But what were your experiences with it? Yeah, so I I never expected to get fire and rule. Um, I wanted to win Newcastle, though. That was the one thing I wanted. I wanted to – all I wanted was I wanted to get through the state just so I could say state finalist. Whenever yeah. I go do something, state finalist. That's all it was because I know what raw is. I'm not raw. I know, yeah. But um, it just so happened that I kind of ended up with a set that would was perfect for raw, in the fact that I've got my are you okay joke, which I just generally thought was a good joke, and you know, that is a great bit. Um, which you know I thought that would kind of help set me apart. But then I wrote the bit about my son having autism, and I wrote that just to. Just try and make fun of something that, you know, I don't know, just make fun of a, a, a something we struggle with kind of thing. And just because that's humans, how I deal with, you know, hardship kind of thing. Yeah, I'm the same. It's always been a way, like, you know, dad's funeral when I was 11, I told him he made jokes so I wouldn't cry kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's just how, I, if I was ever sad growing up, I'd go watch comedy, yeah, comedy movie, comedy special, whatever it is. I'd always hit away in comedy kind of things. So anyway. It just so happened that I, I wrote those two bits and then I found a way to tie them together. And I went, all right, well, because <coughs> when I was going to into the Newcastle leg, I went, I'm not going to talk about me dick and that's going to be what sets me apart because everyone's going to go out there and make sex jokes and that's and that's what everyone did. Whereas I went out there and I, I, was, I told like a bit of a heart, heartfelt joke about my son having autism and it's playing off that I'm probably autistic. Yeah, and I, and I played me. Are you okay, joke? Yeah, and anyway, that I, I honestly I didn't think I'd get through because while they're, they're not, it's not like they're unfunny. They're, I didn't get the loudest laughs of the night, kind of thing. Mitch got the loudest laughs. Okay, so I really thought Mitch was going to go through. So um, anyway, when when they're calling the announcement, everyone's like huddled behind the stage, and funny thing was Ethan as um as he walked past, he saw who was because he came into the green room afterwards. And he walked past the judges and he saw the name on the sheet. So You're he, kidding. So Ethan knew who was, who'd won. Okay. He didn't give it away, but did no. he? Okay, good boy, Ethan. So anyway, everyone's huddled behind the stage and I'm sitting there with my feet up on a chair next to Ethan and he's like, 
how'd you go, man? And I went, oh, yeah, not bad. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's just, because he knows I've won. He knows, yeah. Anyway, fucking, I'm waiting for him to call Mitch's name. And I'll, oh, yeah. And then they call my name, and I, I'll never forget seeing Mitch just turn around, drop a knee, and just screaming like, yes. He was hype for That's so oh, good. Man, he was so fucking happy. He was happier than I was, I think. Like, he. Yeah. Yeah. He's a beautiful man. But anyway. <clears throat> so then, yeah, so I got to go down to a comedy store, which is pretty cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. And, um, on the list. And I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous down there because I just genuinely, like, I, when I do something, I want to win. But at the same time, I knew what Raw was and it didn't phase me if I didn't win. Yeah. So, I, you know, I gave it my best shot kind of thing. So it was pretty cool getting to go down to the comedy store and perform and whatnot. My biggest issue on the night was I was fucking tired because I was towards the end. It was about 10 o'clock or something by the time I got on and I had to work. And so I had to get up. I think I got up earlier that morning because I was dealing with the kids. So I got up at like four and then I never got back to bed. So then I've gone to work all day and drove down the Raw and then had to wait fucking forever yeah. to get on stage. So I was, uh, if anything, that was just probably lacking a bit of energy by the time I got on. But I still did, I still did fine. Um, I wouldn't have put me. I wouldn't have chose who won or who got second, but it's not up to me. But let me guess. At the same time, I wouldn't have put myself in either. So I, I, I think you ever heard of Hamish Shepherd? No, I don't think. Hamish so. Shepherd got robbed, in my opinion. Okay. Hamish Shepherd destroyed. He got the loudest pops. He said was amplified double of what everyone else's was, and I'm not exaggerating. Cunt destroyed, and they used a clear. Best one, and he didn't get even runner up. That's why I hate this competition. And then there was two that there was a, some Sheila I can't remember. She was fucking very funny, very, very deadpan, but fucking very funny. And another guy called Andrew Hamilton, who I've um seen since. But it, you know, I thought one of them two should have been second, in my opinion, just going off the crowd and like genuine, genuine joke writing ability kind of thing. Like, but yeah, you know, it's it's subjective judging. So what do you do, like? And like I said, I feel like there's always a hidden agenda with Raw. Yeah. I think that they want to tick boxes. And well, this is Well, the Sheila who got through from my leg won. So, you know, I yeah. lost to the Sheila who won Raw kind of thing. So, it's, yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think like, I don't even know if I'd encourage a young, a young comic to do that competition. I'd say someone do who's it done just it. for the experience of performing in front of 200 people. Okay, that's interesting. Don't, don't look at the, don't look past it at the results or anything like that. But it's pretty cool getting the get perform, out there and give perform it perform in a little like the playhouse for two hundred people. It's pretty cool. That's yeah, that that that's true, and um, yeah, and the in the state kind of yeah, or the the Canberra leg that I kind of performed in was at was at the Canberra Theatre as well. So it is cool. Like, it's cool having a green room experience and there's yeah. beers and shit there. And you're like, oh, I feel like a comedian. Like, that is cool. Uh, and, yeah, I think that what I would – actually, I, I, I go back. I'd say enjoy I agree it for with what you. it is. Enjoy it for a gig. Yeah, enjoy it for a gig. Pretend enjoy it for the experience. Yeah, and just have fun because the best comedians don't win and just don't define yourself on yeah. the results of that. Like, if you – Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And if you, if you lose or if you don't go through the final, don't think I'm a shit cunt. Yeah. Just think, ah, oh, fuck, who cares? They Fucking didn't want Demi me. Demi Lardner won it. She's the worst comedian I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know who that is. Oh, and good. that's with Good, the, you're lucky. That's with the greatest respect. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't know who she was. And, like, well, mate, like, I've met 
I've met plenty of comics on Saturday night showcases, Friday night showcases in Newcastle here when I've been lucky enough to get called up to do these gigs that with the greatest respect, I do not know 90% of these people. Yeah, same. And like, yeah, like I've, I've met a, I've met some comedians and I think that they thought that I was off when I was like, Hey mate, I'm Brad, like, Mm -hmm. and extend my hand. And like, I think they almost expected them to be like, come on bro, you know who I am. Like that was the vibe that I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, no man. Like I, I don't know. I don't follow too many Aussie comedians that aren't my friends. Yeah. Um, there's obviously the odd outlier or two, but if I meet people at, at gigs yeah. and have a genuine yarn with them and they make me laugh, I follow them and I'm like, that person's awesome. See, I'm, I'm if bit, I could find them on social media. As a crowd member, I'm, I'm a bit of a tough laugh too. Like there are comics I can go, I don't think they're funny, but I can see why people think they're fun, like why people think they're funny. Well, I just don't think they're funny kind of thing. But I can understand why, you know, people think they're funny kind of thing. I just, it's just my... Hundred percent, and I think that doing comedy is a lot like learning magic yeah. in the sense where yeah. you see the setup and the punch, or you see the setup and then. But there are just some people as well. Like stuff. they can have the best crafted joke, but it's just you know our ideals don't line up. So I'm just not into their set. Yeah, like and it's and but I go like for their crowd, they destroy. And people people will enjoy this. It's just not my thing. Yeah, and that's and and on the flip side of that, we got to know that not everyone's going to like us as well. Oh, hundred percent, man. And like, like, and once you get comfortable, like you were saying earlier, with you know what, I'm people might fucking hate my style of comedy. Yeah, they might think it's a hack. They might say, but like, it is what it is. It is what it is, mate. Like, yeah. And a wise man once said, "I don't need everyone to like me. I need two hundred people." In a city to like me That's it And that's it So if Please Guys like me (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's a very interesting Perspective to have And it's a good Acknowledgement And even if you're If you're early on in comedy If you tend to go towards One style of comedy And that's working for you Just Keep kind of exploring that And if you want to try other things Feel free to try it But So the only The only thing I'd say is So I tried to start Stop writing just pure sex jokes kind of thing. But I didn't want to change my style. So I didn't. I would say, like, you know, try and, try to figure out what your style is and then if you want to change, you know, material, like subjects or whatnot, try and figure out ways to talk in, about that subject in your style still without changing into a completely different comedian kind of thing. Yeah, it's a valuable thing to learn. And I've, I've kind of done about I've, – I've thought about that as well. And – I'm not the I'm not a comedian that you'd bring your mum to come and watch. No, neither. and I accept that. Yeah, and my style of comedy, I I kind of even stopped trying to talk about my opinion on X Y Z because there's heaps of comedians that have opinions on X Y Z, and I've had two jokes that have that are literally basically word for word for famous comics, and it bummed me out. My my partner yeah, was right. just like. Hey, don't let that bum you out because that guy's doing exactly what you want to do and you have the exact same joke as him. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. So he's further down the line than you. It does suck though when you think you found something. Oh, it sucked. And then you find out that someone else has already done it. It's like, horrible. And like that's the that's the also the I'm bad. lucky enough that I don't think I've taken like a fully fledged idea to stage. I know I know there was once where I recorded something and I threw in an ad lib line. 
And when I rec- listened to it back, I went, I know that line. Where do I fucking know that from? And I'd watched two specials recently. And one was a, I can't remember who the other one was, but one was a Bill Burr special. And it was just a, it was just a throwaway, a throwaway line that, you know, I, I said a joke, people were laughing, and I just blurted this line out on top. And it was from fucking Bill Burr special. Yeah. And I went, fuck. I went, I, I can't do that again, can't I? But yeah, I've never actually, because I, I, I do try um, to, if I think of something, look up. Has someone done it verbatim or whatnot? That's like, actually pretty smart. I never do that. Yeah, so because I, I had, I had a, I made a joke at work once. It was um, I can't. I think it was something like uh, we're talking about a sex shop or something, like that, and like being like, "I'll oh, give me the big red one on the wall," and it's the fire extinguisher. And everyone's like, "Oh, that's really funny," kind of thing. And I went, "It is really funny," but I think I've heard that before somewhere. I'm like, "Where the fuck?" So I googled like fire extinguisher dildo or something like that, and there's like. 40 fucking jokes about, you know, the fire extinguisher on the wall being sold. I'm like, oh, I've just seen it on the internet at some stage. Yeah. And I've regurgitated it. And I was like almost going to write it into a bit. And I went, oh, hold on. This sounds too familiar. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And I went and looked and I went, nah, all right, well, that's that's dead to me. Like, it's really interesting when that happens as well, which is why I try to tell interpersonal jokes and try to be introspective as much with my kind of material. Yeah. And then try to give my experience of the world. Um, but that's, that's something that I had to learn. And you got to learn these lessons on stage and i think people enjoy that kind of comedy more though because they also get to know who like who you are yeah so they get a bit of an idea about who you are as like if you're like a one-liner kind of thing like they still go like oh like you can be good and whatnot but you know it's not as personal yeah i don't know people get that attachment to you kind of thing yeah they kind of fall in love with the personality and the person and the act yeah yeah cool what are some of the other kind of valuable things that you reckon that you've learned and do you want another beer? Yeah, I actually do want another beer. All right, I'm going to go dive in here. We'll be right back with what Benny Boys learned. So we've just grabbed another beer here, and this is a guava sour IPA. Now, boys, I do not generally drink sours. If I'm going to have a fruit beer, a.k.a. vodka cruiser, guava's on the top of my list. But this isn't the reason that I bought this. The reason that I <laughs> bought this is that this is called a guaylo. And that's oh, that's spelt G W E I dash L O. And know what you're thinking? What is that? Well, that's a Cantonese term meaning ghost chap. Cantonese slang used to describe foreign settlers. So, uh, I believe that this could be a Japanese and Sydney collaboration beer. And I just think that it, that's funny as I fuck. I love that it's a slang. I love that it's slang. A, a slur, sorry. And I love that it's a slur against white people because, so God forbid, we don't have many. And if you slur me as a white person, like, if someone called me a cracker, I'd be like, yeah, dude, that's me. <laughs> and honestly, some of my favourite fucking humour or comedy is, is people taking fun of things I like the most or, like, things that I am kind of thing. Like, So whenever I, like... <clears throat> For example, like um, when, like when the Simpsons did their Australia episode, oh it. yeah, I loved it. I remember I used to watch this um Dollary Do. <laughs> when I was um a teenager, I used to watch this comedian Denny Boy, and he used oh, to do fucking um. I love him, but Mister Speaker, yeah, yeah. Mister Speaker, yeah. Oh, I fucking loved him because he'd be like, oh, you, you, you drive on the. Oh, I can't do. Accents, I've almost but. become addicted to those late <laughs> night <laughs> parliamentary <laughs> sessions. Yeah, you're good at that. Like, <laughs> he goes, you drive somewhere on the map. And you drive for 13 hours, you're like, we must be over here. We're still fucking here. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he, he's great. That's I loved him. He was one of my favourites because he'd 
you just take the piss out of Aussies. Like I love people. Yeah, who, I love stand up about Australia. Yeah, well, especially like, people when, who take the piss out of Australia. Especially when it. he had the ability to move to Australia. Cheers, by the way. Yeah, cheers, man. I'm excited. It looks to like see. we're drinking fucking cocktails. It does. It's fucking. It's it's. It's not bad. It's very cloudy. Oh, you've had a sip already. I've had a okay. Sip already, man. That's sweet, and it's not too sour. No. Oh, actually, quite nice. I actually like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may be a couple of guaylos. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to suck you off afterwards, mate. Um, anyway, so um, back to Danny Boy quickly. That's my favourite. When a comedian can go to a country, acclimatise to the, to the country, notice things that people don't notice about themselves yep. and then write bits about it. How good is his bit about these? He's like, pulled up to a service station not to use the restroom. And I go inside to grab the key and the lady gives me a key with this gigantic key ring on it. I go, what's this for? And she goes, in case you steal it. And he's like, steal it? I don't even want to touch it. <laughs> yeah. Bruh, it's fuck. so I, good. It's like, you never think about that. The one I bit never I had always, thought about that. The one bit I always think of when I think of him, and it's just because I'm obsessed with, like, I loved crocodiles as a kid as well. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, he's on a crocodile tour. And I go, oh, a couple of crocodiles got out. So, you know, if they chase you. Run away in a zigzag pattern. He's like, why, do, why would I do that? He's like, well, crocodiles aren't good at turning. He's like, neither am I. Don't <laughs> pick something we're both shit at. <laughs> and and that's all. If someone says Danny Boy, that's the first joke that pops in my head because I've loved that joke since I was like fucking He's 13 or whatever. Like. Yeah. I um, He is one comedian that I. Like he, like I don't see him anymore. I've never, I haven't seen him in no, ages. What happened to him? Like, but like, he's someone I'd love to. It felt like he moved down here, but I wasn't sure if he did. Yeah, I'm not too sure. So maybe I'd love he's to back. Gig with fucking, him. I remember he had that bit too. But fucking, um, when he was back in Scotland, about this like mimicking accents, and this couple asks, um, like this French couple asks for directions, and he gives them directions in a French accent, and they're like, "Oh, you're from France?" He's like, "No." <laughs> like, they're like, "Why are you doing the accent?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> he's like talking French to him. <laughs> and they're like, well, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I'm like a freshman, the flaky and a little bit gay. <laughs> yeah. um, so just before we had that quick break, we asked what is some of the most important things or valuable things that you've learnt so far? That's a tough one. Um, biggest one. Don't say it unless you think it's funny. Don't change your style to try appease what the crowd wants also i think if you're turning up to a set and you've got what you, you, you're going to do in your head don't change it if you see the crowd roll in and you try start changing it you fuck yourself up most of the time that's very true because you, you're trying to guess what they want and, yeah. then you, and you go see someone else or you go look up. or you look at them and it's, it could be an older crowd i'm not an older crowd i'm, oh. I'm a young man like i'm i'm a young fella's comedian yeah I tell dick jokes and being a sexual disappointment. Well, those older people have had sex too and are probably a lot more disappointing sex. Yeah, so. for sure. But to me as well, like, so you, you know, you, you go, oh, it's an older crowd. Maybe we shouldn't do as many sex jokes kind of thing. Well, why not see if they're good enough to make those ones laugh? Like those people who aren't your demographic. Yeah. Why don't you see if you can get them, win them over? There's nothing better than cracking someone. Yeah. Than having someone that is not having a good time, and then eventually cracking them. That happened last night with that dude that I was telling you in the front row oh, yeah. off air. So I did it. I did the Friday night showcase last night, and, and there was a guy sitting in the front row, and he's looking toward the stage. But if, if you imagine you're sitting in a chair and then turning to a 45-degree angle 
he was looking past me to avoid having eye contact with me because he didn't <laughs> want to be part of the show. And my whole thing is I like to have fun with the front row. So I was yeah. like, I was telling jokes to other people and I was just watching him not engage and not look at me. I was like, fuck you, cunt. I'm like, I've got to get you. And I eventually got him. And when I started to get him, the set slowly turned around. I was like, all right, I got you. Yeah, nice. You're engaged now. But how about those birds on Tuesday night? Oh, at the front. The yeah. old girls. Oh, bro. Watching you interact with them was, oh, I was crying laughing. Thanks, man. Man, <laughs> the fucking la- <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> you, you look, well, I can't remember how exactly it went, but it was like, you look, you look like the kind of person who'd be like, as per my last <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I fucking I lost it. Like, yeah, as man, per I the previous I, email. Previous, <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest line I've heard in so long. Like, man, so to put it in context, there was these three <laughs> women uh, who were who were sitting in the front row, and two were cool, and one I can only assume she was probably mid. She was probably mid forties. I'd say about forty five. Had dyed her hair red, so I think that she was. Fresh out of a relationship. I think, like, she's just been divorced. Because she was drunk on a Tuesday. Yeah, fucking no. And I'm trying a new bit, and I'm setting the bit up, and I'm telling it. She just keeps interrupting, like, my bit. And then I was just like, so the angle that I played is that she was just my side milk. <laughs> side I was like, milk. what's going on my side milk? <laughs> and she was like, I'm not your side milk. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot I called you. Main MILF in like inverted commas. I'm like, yeah, you're my main MILF. But then like, yeah, I just was like, this, it's, if you go to a comedy show and I know that a lot of people watch comedy at home, so they watch it and they talk throughout it. Oh, that joke was funny. Yeah, I see what he did there. Blah, blah, blah. Do not do that at a comedy show. Yeah. You've got a very easy job as a crowd member at a comedy show. It's go in, have a few drinks. Shut the fuck up and laugh. And that's yeah. it. Like if you you're at the back, you might be able to get away with it. But mm-hmm. if you're in the front or front half, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, and especially in small, intimate rooms. Like, if you can look around, like, it's just best for you just not to say anything. And um, and your set the other night killed me, though. Yeah. I fucking, like I said, I am a bit of a tough laugh when it comes to comedy kind of thing. But I was crying, man. Like, I, Yeah, well, like, you came I up was, and gave me a hug. I was jealous. I was watching you, and I was like... Fuck, I wish I was that good. Like, I was just like, fucking this cunt. Like, fucking you are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just, oh, man. Like, and not jealousy, like, because I was happy for you. Yeah. But I was just like, fuck, I need to get better. Like, yeah. Well, that's a good thing about, like, that's a good thing about hanging out with other comics that are good. Like, because I look at Maddie B like that. Yeah. And my goal is to be a tough cunt to follow. Like, at the moment, like, I'm working towards a few things. It's, yeah. I want 40 minutes of killer material. And I want you low key to like look at that list and go, fuck, I gotta follow this guy. Yeah. So like I gotta I gotta come with A game. And that's very it's an arrogant thing to say, but yeah. like No, I'm the same way. That's my ambition is my ambition is to be f- f- a fucking throbber. Like people come and like they go because when people walk out and they go, You you're my favorite, that's the best. Like when someone it comes up best. when you get a when you get someone who like we're talking about isn't part of your demographic and they're like, Bro, you were so good. You're like, oh, fucking sick cunt. Yeah, that, that Sheila you were talking about, the side mill, she came to me after this thing and she's like, you were really good up there. Like, you know, I really loved what you were doing and whatnot. I was like, I thought I did shit, but fucking thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking. 
It was. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't so bad. It was funny. My mate Mitch, shout out Mitch, Mitch Hancock, Mitch the Don. He he just came out on a whim. So he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Like, want to grab a feed tonight? Grab a beer? What times your comedy? I might come watch." Um, and he came out and watched. And <laughs> after my set, he was just like, "Bro, you're the funniest cunt." And he's just like, "I love watching you do comedy." And he goes, "Let's watch that girl and see if she interrupts like anyone else." And from where we were sitting, she was just sitting there like, just, I don't want to say anything. Like, I don't want to divulge, yeah. And he's like, you shut her up, bro, you shut her up. So, like, we're sitting there giggling at Maddie B. We're like, yeah, fucking, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> we shut you cunts up. It was the best. Um, how are you enjoying uh, the the role of MC in the club? And, and the Newcastle Comedy Club does it in a really cool way of being a dual MC. And it's not like it's a babying, but it's like having your boy on stage, which yeah. is a sick thing because sometimes when you're riffing, you're fucking like, yeah, it's like you're trying to juggle and ride a unicycle. You're like, fuck, what am I, like, where am I going to pluck this idea out from? And if you've got your mate there, he just goes, boop, and he'll just, he'll grab one of the balls and he'll run with it. And then yeah. you go, all right, I've got 30 seconds to. As James said to me the other night, he goes, it's like volleyball. Yeah, someone's going to fucking. Spike it, but someone's got to set it. Yeah, and, all that, and that's what it kind of is. It's someone. That's fucking, a really good analogy. Yeah, setting set it up for you to come over and fucking bang, bang. Right. So and Elliot and Elliot and Luke do it well. They do. And you and you and uh, you and Mitch are doing it well as well. I well, like that combination I think we're of you there. guys. Yeah, Mitch is doing well. No, I'm I still disappointed with how I'm going, but I, I need. But that's because you're hyper analytical of yourself, and you want I am. and you want to be. I am a throbber, um, like yeah, but I also know. I'm riding Mitch in the way that Mitch will initiate the crowd work because I'm still struggling to fucking talk to cunts because I'm autistic. I'm not autistic, but fuck it. I could be. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on but, the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> oh, good, yeah, I could well be. But yeah, I'm I'm just riding kind of Mitch's fucking setups. Yeah. So Mitch is fucking setting it up and I'm, I'm kind of spiking over the top at times. So. That's what works because you are off the cuff funny. Yeah. Like and t- and like how you guys were going down the route of sleeping with one another as well the other night like that's <laughs> that's hilarious for a few different things you both don't look like gay dudes with no offense to gay people yeah yeah but then you get the funny visual of like <laughs> imagine these two dudes fucking like this would be like this could actually happen <laughs> it's just um it's it's just funny so are you like are you enjoying it is it a challenge is it hard do you dread it no i i was so when i so when i opened up the other night I, I didn't do very well. I I, I still feel it myself. After the, that first bit, I think I did all right. But I can't get past the first bit. And during that first bit, and for the rest of the night, I was like, they're never going to let you MC again. You're doing so bad. Like, And then that was, I'm like, fuck, like, they're not going to let me do this again. Like, And that, and I want to do it. And so that's why I was like, I was like fucking so filthy on myself because I'm like, fuck, they're not going to, you fucked it up so bad. You're just like, oh, you talk, Mitch. Like, you know. So no, I, I, I love being able to do the MC role. I'd love to be able to do it myself. Yeah. But at the moment, it's cool to kind of have your hand held a little. Yeah. Um, That's what I really like about that idea because I've been thrown into MC gigs. I think you'd actually be really good at MC because there are some people who can just fucking talk. Yeah. And you're one. I'm looking forward to getting a crack and doing it. But I'd like to have a buddy as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to have sure. a buddy and just – because, yeah, like it's – the, the one thing I would like, um, it, it, it's 
So if you go see any, uh, any other open mic, the MC's by himself, and yeah. he doesn't have to just do crowd work. He can do bits and whatnot. It's harder to do bits when there's two of you. Yeah. So, like, or unless, unless you kind of discuss what you're going to do before you go up there. Me and Mitch don't really discuss what we're going to do before we go up there. Yeah. So I think all of a sudden, bits are kind of out. I and think you, and just relying purely on crowd work. So, yeah. And I like think if you MC'd by yourself, like if I MC'd by myself, I'd do a lot more bits. And that'd be the difference between the way we're doing it at the moment. Some and of the good MCs that I've seen, they'll start and they say there's four tables in the front rows spread out. They introduce themselves. Tonight's an open mic comedy, bathroom's over here. This is what you can expect. People trying to forge half an hour of material. It could be some people's first time. Yeah. Please be gracious to the comedians. If you've got to heckle anyone, feel free to shoot, shoot some shit with me. That's all good. Let the acts do their thing. Bang. Then they go to the first table. And it's like crowd work. And then they crowd work that table till they can. Go to the next table, the second one. Crowd work them till they can. Go to the third, crowd work them. Then they go to the fourth and crowd work. And like I was saying earlier, once you get that front row, you've got the audience. Yeah. Because they represent team audience. Yeah. Your team comic. Yeah. Then you can go, here's a bit. Yeah. Bang. And then they're on board like that. And that's something I've learnt watching MCs. When I did it, I was probably eight months in. Yeah. Wow. Full of a lot of confidence and like just thinking... You're the man. You yeah. can do, you can make anything funny and getting up there and getting straight into bits. But the audience doesn't trust you. Yeah. So, you're... and comedy is all about gaining trust and being, if you do the material that we do, you got to like, they got to like you to let you get away with that material. Yeah. But part of them getting to like you is you need to kind of coax them. You got to loosen that butthole up. Is yeah, how yeah. I, and, and like I always describe, Audience members is having a tight butthole. Like, the buttholes are tight, man. Like, you got to fucking loosen that shit up. Yeah. And so being a silly goose and playing around with the audience can be... And Kyle Legacy taught me that so much from watching him. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I get it. Yeah. You're having the most fun. And by you having the most fun, you create a fun environment. Then the whole room is fun. Then as, an, as a comic, all I need to do is get up and do bits. Yeah. Kyle's made the room fun. He's got them on board. They're all on. The team audience is now on team comic. It's not an us versus them. It's like, you boys get up there and rip it. Yeah. And he he really taught me that. And I was like, he has his crowd work to a fucking, oh. it's mwah, it's yeah. beautiful to watch. No, so like you can give him any job and he'll make it funny. 100%. It doesn't matter what you do. You could get up there and be like, hey, give me a disabled kid with one leg from Africa. And that scouser will just go up, man, we'll fucking, and he'll just say, yeah, fucking, yeah, sick lad, you're like a fucking half a blade runner, you know, lad, you know, <laughs> yeah. fucking, and he'll just, he'll be able to create something out of nothing. And that's such a skill in itself, but he always has fun. Yeah. He's just having the most fun. I think that's the big, actually going back to, you know, something you learn is just have fun with it. Like just, you know, make sure you're having fun. Cause if you're having, if you're not having fun, even if they're killer jokes kind of thing, if you're not having fun, the audience isn't going to have fun because it, rub- it comes through. Like, you have to have fun. And that's something fun. that I learned because I was on these weekend showcases, I was building them up to be bigger than what they are. And I was like, I'm performing with Kyle. I need to perf- I need to tell Kyle 
I need to show Kyle that I belong on the on the lineup with him. Yeah. Kyle's never heard of me. Yeah. Never gigged with me. Frankly, doesn't give a fuck about me. Yeah. And I got so in my own head about trying to do well and do all these good bits and be a fucking a killer and like kind of prove to him that I belonged on on a bill with him. I was so in my own head about it. Yeah. And then I watched him have the most fun. And then my set was started a touch rocky but came home strong and then I was like and then I was like, What happened there? And I was like, I started having more fun towards the end and I was just like Yeah. I was looking at the back of the room for approval from the comics. Are you guys laughing my bits? Are you guys laughing my bits? And then the minute I went, fuck the back, like get these cunts in the front and yeah, then I've got sucked into that trap a lot. It's yeah. Like, I, you know, like I don't wanna they've seen the same like yeah, performing for the comics basically. Yeah. But you go they've seen all my jokes. They want you know, they want something new kind of thing. You gotta realise the audience. Yeah, they don't know who you are. They don't know who I am. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I still get sucked in that a little. Yeah. I, I also, um, <coughs> like, I get bored quickly yeah. of material. And not it's not to say, like, I, I'll just be done with it, but it, I have to, I can't just keep doing the same thing. It becomes stale. I will get bored of saying it, and it will, it will show my delivery. Like, the one thing I would have changed from, what, so when I won the Newcastle leg, when I won the state leg, everyone's like, "You got to polish your set, just keep polishing it." And uh, so I did. They were, they were really pretty quick between because um, of COVID and whatnot. They were catching up, but I probably did four or five gigs and whatnot, and I just did let me me raw set, and I fucking hated it. And yeah. I, I was sick of it. I would just, you know, I couldn't. I, you know, I'd go up there and I'd I, I'd look at the footage and go, "This comes flat." Like I'm just going through the motions. And if I could have changed anything, I would have just gone and done the other material and then it would have been exciting for me again when I went down to Sydney. But because I just kept doing it, I was like, I fucking hate it. Yeah. And there's a fine line about how, of the advice you take from people telling you how to do comedy. Yeah. Because sometimes there's like some, yeah, and there's someone who you really respect who'll be like, have you thought about this tagline? And then you're like, fuck yeah, that tagline really works. But there's someone like, if your comedy style is completely contrast to another person and that person's telling you how to do your comedy, it's kind of like, with the greatest respect, man, me and you are the yin and the yang. Yeah. I can't do you, you can't do me. Like, I'll go figure this out doing my style and doing it yeah. the way that I want to do it. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I just, I just can't do the... I've got to change, even if it's just one joke or something. I've got to, I've got to almost try something new to keep myself excited. Yeah, I love having, I love because sprinkling I, a new bit in. Because I, I also, I, I get one chance a week to perform, and that's it. And you know, sometimes it might be, I might not get to make the next week because I'll have something on, or you know. So, <clears throat> on average, I probably make three nights a month, kind of thing, unless I get booked on a showcase. So, you know, to me, I'm like, well. I don't want to sit on bits for too long because if not, I'll go over and go. They're not funny, but I just I don't get the I don't get the opportunity that other people do to just keep going to wherever they want kind of thing. So yeah, like yeah, you know, to me, I've got to make it exciting for me, which is yeah, just something new. It could just be one new joke kind of thing, but as long as I've got something new, I kind of get excited. If I if I have to go in and I have to just do the same old same old, like it's not. Yeah, it does. It's not a waste, but it almost feels like <laughs> yeah. Especially like, like if if, if it's a, a a book gig, it's kind of it's not so bad because I, you know 
because people are paying. You're like, all right, I I'm going to I'm going to give them jokes at work, and and I'm going to be excited because paid crowds are just up for it. Yeah, but if it's like, if it's open mic, and I'm going to go in there and I'm just doing jokes again that I know work. What am I doing here? I and and it's, like, it's yeah, you can polish it a bit, and I understand the the, the idea of going at, you know getting that repetition in so it becomes natural. But at the same time, like I know it works. Yeah. Why the fuck am I trying to try and like why why not move on to something else and you know? It's very interesting. My friend Taylor Coftry came up here from Canberra, uh, probably about two weeks, two three weeks ago. We went to Bellingen and we did a gig, nice. and then we had the comedy club as well. And he would have seen a lot of these bits and it was like partially because I'm like, well, I'm going to give a paying customer what I know works. Yep. And the other half is I've got these other bits that I, that aren't polished enough for me to throw out to a Saturday night crowd. Like I've got bits that I'm like, they're for me, they're three quarters. They're good. Yep. But I think there's another few add-ons that I can make that bit fucking really pop. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you, we were talking about getting internal about our, in our heads the other day, or just before, sorry. And, yeah, I even thought about that. I was like, he's probably thinking, like, this guy's got the same material from fucking a year and a half ago or two yeah. years ago. But it's funny because, yeah, you you take, you know, I had all of 2020 off, most of 2021 off. Like, it's basically... I did two years from a year, sorry, a year and a half from yep. 2018 to March 2020, two years off, and then back now from January onwards. So I'm I'm the same. I like to get in there and try some new things, and there's new bits that I want to try. And there's a whole, like I said, there's a whole different style of comedy that I want to try, and it's all just impersonation based. Yeah. Oh, and it's like it's you need to lean on that, yeah. And like one of my friends, Chris Marlton, is he does like lots of characters, so he'll do like seven characters in an hour long show, and they've got different mannerisms. And like he's got a New York guy, you know, the New York guy talks a certain way, yeah. And then he goes and like bangs the mic on his chest after every punchline, and it makes the joke so much funnier when he just boop, boop, he just does that little yeah. that little touch and. Well, goofing around, I was doing the Jordan Peterson impersonation for him, and he's like, "You need to make Doctor." Yep, that was great. Who did he say? Like he's he he's so funny. He's like, man, he goes, "You need to just lean on that," and he goes, "But you just need to switch it up to a degree." And he's like, "Make Doctor Peter Jordanson." <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he goes, "That should be your character." And then there's like the Conor McGregor one that I want to do as well. But yep. instead of being a world famous UFC fighter, maybe this guy's just a pub drunk. Like he could be instead of the notorious. You could do Conor a lot McGregor. of skit comedy with that. Yeah, which would be great. Like notorious Conor McGrady or someone like that. Like yeah. he thinks he's a better fighter than what he is. He's a fat player who actually can't fight. Yeah. Instead of knocking cuts out, he just gets knocked out every time. But hundred percent. I um, yeah. There's a few skits that I have like in my phone. It's just skit ideas. This is this is what I'm gonna do and. I'm going to lead into the next part. Are you, are you looking to get online a bit more? YouTube channel, yeah. So basically for me, I want to have, there's a few cameras. So this will eventually all be filmed. A lot of people have asked, when are you going to film it? And the thought process for me is I'm a buy it once, buy it right kind of guy. So I spent X amount of money on this setup because yep. not only is it easy to operate, 
but I know that this will last me for seven years, essentially. Yeah. With my mate who's into filming and photography, he has basically been like, get this camera, which will cost you essentially three and a half grand, and then get this lens. And he goes, you'll be able to film your podcast for 15 years off that. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. And I know you've got a slightly different perspective of you like, just film it, learn how to do it and put it out, which is why I want to talk to you about that. But yeah, I've got a bunch of ideas of, of skits that it's I want to do. It's a bit different. Like if you're trying to film your podcast, yeah, yeah, make it good quality. Because yeah. people aren't going to watch it if it's not good quality kind of thing. That's it. <clears throat> for skits or whatnot, like, so if, like for my YouTube channel, like, and I always had intentions of trying to make it online. It just took me a long time to be confident enough to do it. Like the first thing I ever did was um, I, I made like a um, oh, what is it? Like a dick pic sketch, like how to take the perfect dick picture or something like that. Okay. <laughs> and, and I compared, I, I used like Cole's minis to compare to it and all that. Like, you know, fucking, it was like all these tips on how to take a perfect dick picture. It's like a two minute video. It took me two days to film and edit and all that because fucking I just, I'd, I'd watch it and go, I hate that. Like delete, start again. And it just, I, yeah. And eventually I just had to go, look, that's fucking as good as it's going to get. And I showed it to my mate and he pissed himself off and like, all right, well, maybe it's okay, and I put it, I put it up. But then when I was like, because <clears throat> I, I, I think, honestly, if you want to be a comedian and you're not doing anything online, you're wasting your time. Like, you, you, you're letting a valuable tool just sit there doing nothing kind of thing. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's like having a fucking, you know, a U-butte fucking drop saw over there, and you've got the hand saw fucking, and you're like, yes, why don't you, why don't you use that? Like, grind it in the garage where no one's seen it. Yeah, yeah, so why don't you use that? Like, you you can use it, you, know, you don't, don't, you can just use it to get your name out there. It's free advertising, and that's yeah. what, what it is. It's like, and you can you can go do an open mic and perform for 30 people, or you could do a video and, you know, you might, like, my last one's my most successful one, it's hit 3K. So 3,000 people I've seen. My video kind of thing. Yeah. That's more than fucking any open mic or Saturday showcase kind of thing. Yeah, exactly right. And, and like, you got to think as well on the side that you're arguing with, you do a really good show on the Saturday showcase, for instance. And let's be generous and say there's 100 people there. Yeah. Sold out's generally about 80, 90. And you go, hey, guys, make sure you follow me online. Ben McClellan Comedy. Give me I'm a shout. at that, actually. I, I, I haven't said that on stage before. People generally aren't going to be like, oh, fucking, and rush to their phone and pull it out. Yeah. But I, I think Luke's given me a few shout-outs, and it's really nice. Um, but I just haven't been able to bring myself to be like, hey, go go online. Like, uh, Even after I do well, I'm like, oh, plug it, plug yeah. it, plug it, plug it. And, and that's, a, that's something that, like, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things, like, you, it's, a shame, it's a shameful thing to do. But at the same time, say you were to do that, in a hundred people room and just keep the numbers very simple. Scale of one to a hundred, how many people are going to go, he actually was that funny that I'm going to pull out my phone and do it. Like, which is like when I'm like, Hey, follow me on Instagram. Yeah. I know it's a shameful plug that I do. And I'm like, chances are this person isn't going to follow me, but chances are, but with your, with what you're saying, how you're going to get people is if your clips on Instagram yep. and someone's, like we were talking about earlier, they've worked all day. Yeah, they're they're already five. there. They're fucking sitting in bed. Before I go to bed, I'm just going to have a cheeky little scroll. And they're scrolling through a bunch of reels. And all of a sudden, 
how to take the perfect dick pic pops up. That's a funny topic. Then they watch it and they go, oh, that cut's actually pretty funny. Yeah. I'm going to like that video. I'm going to follow him. Bang. You got someone to like your content without leaving the comfort of their house. Spot on. Then the next time you roll through that city or the next time. So now they're following you like, hey, I'm going to actually be performing at the Penrith Leagues Club on the 15th of September. Yeah. They go, oh, fuck. Hey, the funny guy that I follow is yeah. going to be here. I need a night out on a Friday night. I'm going to go and watch him. It'd, it'd be nice if I was big enough for that to work. I'm not there yet. But that's the way but that that goes. It, it, that's, the, that's the end plan. Yeah. And the end plan has been our... Because my, my goal with it was to be able to go, well, I'm going to go to Coffs Harper and do a show. And people in Coffs Harper go, oh, this kind of is. Because I'm already there because I'm on their phones kind of thing. Yeah. Whether I'm... Whether any cunt in Costarpa knows who the fuck I am at the moment, I don't know. But that's the end plan is to be able to go plan a show wherever I want and hopefully someone knows me because I'm already there because I've been online kind of thing. Yeah, so my plan is once I get this camera is my, my mate said that he's happy to come film. The comedy club's great. They film some stuff. I want to have about maybe an hour and a half of material, hour 45, and be like, what's the material that I can burn? And just try get people to know me that way, and just put clips on YouTube, clips on Instagram, blah blah blah, and then try boost that. Yeah. So then, when I do go and perform, I've done all my reps at the club, I've done all my open mic nights, and then they're coming to see fresh material. And it's like, okay, here's forty minutes, or half an hour, or twenty minutes, whatever it is, wherever I am on the showcase, or whether it's a solo show. That cunt ripped for twenty minutes. And it was stuff that I haven't seen him do before online. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I go to the next one. That's my thought process behind it. And some people want to put everything online and then figure out stand-up on the way. Yeah. And each to their own. I, I couldn't do that. Like, that would give me way too much anxiety of, like... For, for, like for me with YouTube as well, is um, I also see it as a... Uh, number, number one, it's advertising. That's what I consider it. It's advertising. It's getting my name out there. I just want people to know who I am. I want people to know I'm funny. I want people to come to a show if I ever get my own hour and put one on. When you get your own hour. When I get my own hour. <coughs> Number two is if I can eventually make money on there, that helps get me out of my job Yeah. and doing this shit quicker. Like at the moment I'm sitting on 170 subs or something like that. I've just, I've just put up a you know, my last video. Got twenty extra subs out of it. Yeah, I've never had that many before. Like it's been a very slow build, getting up to this point. So it's starting to grow. <clears throat> Hopefully, so like I've got to go home and film one tonight, and see how it goes, and see how my next video on the back of a, a good one's gone. But mate, it might only get another fifty views, like you know, some of them do. Like it is what it is. But yeah, as long as you're consistent, putting the stuff out, and that, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do at least one a week. Yeah, and trying to just build that, you know, because the idea is if, you know, if, if eventually, if I can make money out of it, maybe I can leave my job. Yeah, and and YouTube can help me do comedy because I don't really, I don't care about being a YouTuber. I care about doing stand up, and like, I don't even care about being famous. I just want to do comedy. Yeah, but unfortunately, like yeah, to do comedy, you kind of need people to know who you are. So Bit like, part, fame partial. comes with it, kind of thing. I want. I want comedy to be my job. I don't give. A, I want. The mo- I want the money from comedy. I don't give a fuck about the fame. Yeah. But 
it kind of comes with, yeah, it's something you got to just take take with it kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not doing it to be famous. No. I'm I, doing it for me. Like, I want to, I, with my goals with comedy is I want to be able to live off comedy because I love comedy. And spot it's, on. It's my favourite thing. If I can make the money that I'm making now off comedy, I'm happy. So if it exceeds that, all glory to God, baby. I got a tricky balance too because like one of the biggest allures of being able to just be like, I do full-time comedy is being able to spend more time with my kids. Yeah. So being able to go like, I'm, you know, if you're a full-time comic, you're home during the day, aren't you? Good chance. Like, so you, yeah. can, you can go pick them up, you can take them to school, you can drop them off kind of thing, you can have a couple hours of them, go out that night if you need to. Or if you if you, if you go on tour, maybe you can take them with you and show them new places in the world. Like, you know, if you, like that, that not having that nine to five where you're just, you know, you're working all day and then when you come home, you're fucking tired and whatnot. Yeah. That's like, that's an appeal to me as well. It's like, just being able to be there. And hundred percent, and you know, hang out with me, you know, have more time with my family, kind of thing. So, that, that's what drives me, anyway. That's sick, man. Hey, uh, we might take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you, bro. We are back. So before, boys, we had the Guava Sour IPA by Guaylo, and we are going to have another one of these beers called the Rainbow Sherbet Sour. Um, quickly back to the guava one because we generally do this. That was a two standard drink. That was fucking good. And I'm just trying to find six point eight percent. So this next bad boy, sherbet sour. Oh my god, this smells so good, dude. <laughs> Baby. All right. Holy dooly. Okay, let's have a quick sip. Well, that tastes like a lolly. It does. Oh, my God. That's fucking good. That's fucking incredible. 1.8 standard drinks. Damn, son, 6%. Get around that, boys. Side note, what, what do, how long does the ferry take to get over there? Five minutes. Oh, fuck you. These heaps. All right, cool. We're cool. So we're going to get into a little bit of the current events here, boys. So, oh, mate, our boy, Kalen Ponger and Kurt Mann. Footage released from the media of these two coming out of the cubicle together. Now, Ben, I'm just going to give my opinion on this, right? The media are scumbags. They're a bunch of scum cunts who pretend that they haven't done exactly what Kalen Ponger and Kurt Mann were allegedly doing. Now, quick shout out to Kalen Ponger's old man who was like, oh, the boys got a little bit drunk and carried away. <laughs> and one of them threw up in the toilet. And uh, that's what happened. Second note on this. If you're the cunt who's filming blokes in the toilet, give yourself an uppercut. Yeah, for sure. Go jump in front of a tram. You're a fucking... I'm conflicted on this one. You're a weak dog. And I'll I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I'm hating the hating on the media for this. So Fox Sports makes a big fucking hoo ha about these guys doing this shit, right? Who does Fox Sports love more than anyone? Maddie Johns. Yeah. Maddie and Andrew Johns. Yeah. It's better than Lego. Every year they play It's Better Than Lego, the flashback to the ninety seven. Yeah, he grand wasn't final. just on beers. No, he was on pingers. He'd been up for fucking four days at that point. Yeah. Like, fucking. And the thing is, right, a bender 
for all these fucking media cunts out there, a bender isn't drinking beers for three days. No. A bender is a chemical cocktail that will keep you partying for three days. It's got uppers, it's got downers, and it's got some in-betweeners. Whatever it can do to get you through those three days. Yes. That's a bender. That's a bender. And everybody idolized Cameron Munster when he won the 2020 Grand Final. Goes on a bender, comes back a week later, plays State of Origin, best player in the field, and wins like the State of Origin for Queensland. Yeah. All hail King Munster. The next year, he gets caught by another one of these dog cunts secretly filming him getting some bags and doing a line. That gets blurted out in the media and he has to go on a fucking apology tour and all this kind of shit. I'll say this, man. In the 90s, if you were lucky enough to be pissing in the bathroom yep. and two fucking superstars of the game come out of the cubicle and you know that they've been doing a couple of Alec Baldwins in the bathroom, yep. a bit of fucking... Bondi marching powder, a bit of the devil's dandruff in there. Yeah. You savor that moment. Oh my God. You got kissed on the dick. Yeah. I got to see Wendell Saylor and Darren Lockyer fucking smashing bags in a bathroom and in there's Brisbane. There's so many stories of Lockyer being on the gear. Yeah. And he, yeah, he and John got dragged through the ringer. Yeah. And but like, there's so many stories of Lockyer being on the gear. Yeah. And, the, and like, and these boys, man, like. See, I'm, I'm conflicted about the whole thing because fucking. It, it is a thing. Like if you're, if you're one of these cunts who are filming these blokes, like you said, give yourself an uppercut. And like go suck me off. You're a fuckwit. Like leave the cunts alone. However, in Kalen Ponga's situation, when you're on a million dollars a year, and you're sitting out because you've had concussions, probably not the best idea to be doing fucking bag. Like probably not. And and you've got so much to fucking lose. Like I can understand why the Knights are fucking pissed off about it. I can understand why the NRL is pissed off about it. Probably like even just wait to like even do it, like do it before you go out or something. But like yeah, you can't be caught. Yeah, it, when you're that when you're th- when you're Kalen Ponga, and you're on one point two million dollars a year. Yeah, just be you, careful playing with that concert. Oh, and you and you're currently sitting out for concussions. You maybe can't be doing a bag. Like, you know? I hundred percent agree with that. And, and here's and, and here's what and I any would... player who does it in the off season, I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, during the season, yeah, maybe it's not the best idea when you're getting paid to do a job like because well. Let's put it in comedy perspective. When I, when I get paid to 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 do comedy, I'm not going to turn up fucking plastered, you know, just drunk kind of thing. Because I want to give the people value for their money, kind of thing. You should kind of have the, probably have that same attitude. Like I'm getting paid to do this, so I've got to give it my all. But during the off season, it's the off season. But you know, yeah. At the same time, like the like, me- media, like fucking every NRL player, or, or almost every, like so many of them, are doing this shit. A hundred percent. You got to like, but don't and I'll, them. I'll 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 back backtrack a little bit. I don't think they're doing this before a game. Obviously, no, of course not. Um, and and during the season, you could probably say, boys, like let's rein it in a little bit. We're not doing as good as what we should do. Um, yeah, you su- know. success will give you a lot more rope to hang yourself with. Exactly, exactly right. And the thing is. You know, young blokes, man. You got to think they're f- fuck mid twenties. Yeah, what is he like? Twenty? How old Clayton Pong be? Twenty three. With without googling, like maybe hit hit twenty twenty five, possibly the oldest. I'm gonna say twenty. Making a million bucks a year. I know he's been. Let's go twenty five. These young fellas are probably, you know, getting into the bags, every now and then because you can 
you can, that shit's out like, of this. I was system. an idiot at that age, man. Like, everyone I just, I just was didn't have the money. Everyone <laughs> was an idiot at that age. And imagine if you had a million dollars. You'd yeah. do whatever you want. Like, from a 30-year-old looking at this, if you guys want to smash some bags, why wouldn't you go down to the pub, have your schooners and do whatever you, that you wanted to do? It's not hard for these blokes to pick up women. No. And if There's you There's multiple to, stories about Callum Ponga just betting half of Newcastle. Yeah. As he would. You know, doesn't even have to try. Yeah, like. and Newcastle's full of fucking hot chicks. And at, at twi- I don't, I'll at be honest, I don't even think like I, I don't want to do guys go. I, no, no man is attractive kind of thing. I don't. I, there are some dudes. I'm like, yeah, that dude's fucking hot. Like, I could, I could see that. Like Nick, Nico, Nico Hines. I'm like, oh bro, if I got my missus in bed with Nico Hines, I'd be like, sorry man. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking, can I get you a cup of tea? Or yeah, yeah. Tea? Like fucking, I'll just be only watching a movie. Like, yeah. just fucking, can I get your autograph when you're done? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm now I'm a shark just, supporter. Yeah, I am a shark supporter anyway. Oh, there but, you go. But like, Caitlin Palmer, I'm like, oh, he's not ugly, but I'm like, I don't think he's that great. Like, but he's fucking slaying more puss than fucking. That's it. Money makes you very attractive as well. Oh yeah. Well, that, that, my that my whole thing is, is is what I'm getting to with this. Why wouldn't you just do the bags at home? That's what I don't get. Like, he does the bags at home. This isn't a story. No one knows. No yeah. one's any the wiser. You and Kurt Mann are both out. You're having a quiet weekend at home. You're not risking anything. Even I don't think it would even be that big a story if he just wasn't out injured with concussion at the moment. Like that, that that's the that's the big thing for me at the moment. Like if this was during the season, I'd be like who cares? Yeah, he's looking after a brain injury whilst Yeah, like what you smacking some powder in there that doesn't that he doesn't know exactly <laughs> where it come from. Yeah, that it's like, that's the big flag for me. And that's what I, you know, but, oh man, but like, yeah, just, like, just do it before, do it after, like, you fucking, I don't, I don't, it's just so dumb, like, you got so much to lose, and you're fucking, uh, you know what the move is, though? The move is just to fucking be like, we're hooking up. <laughs> was, that's we're, it. We're, we're, lean on the pride thing. Yeah, lean on the pride <laughs> thing, like, they can't, they can't touch you, yeah. if you're like me and Manny. Mate, we were fucking yeah, me and, me and Kurt were a couple. Yeah, we we'd had a few drinks. We yeah, really Kurt was imagine. sucking me off hard. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, like, Kalen's dad's like, oh, he was a bit drunk. He was throwing up in there. It walked out. Yeah, they but Kurt man walks out, rubs his nose. Yeah, and then Kalen follows him sheepishly out and sees some cunts filming him. Also, just, it kind of it's a, it's a testament to Kalen's character that like Kurt man goes out first and then he weasels out like. I, I don't know. I just think he's a he's a fucking Weasley little cunt as well. Oh, do like, you? You're not a fan? Oh, bro. I just all the talent in the world, but I would let him go if I was the Knights. I just don't see him as a. Yeah, you, you know, like there's those players that just have that drive. They got the talent, but they got the drive, like the Kobe Bryant's. Yeah, the Andrew Johns's, the Jonathan Thurston's, the Lockyer's, the Cameron Smiths, all, all them. They just you know, they're not they're not gonna they're, they're insane about it. He's got all the talent, but I just don't think he's got that drive to be like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know too much about him personally and all that kind of stuff. I see him play for Queensland, and like that kind of throbber. And, and it's it's easy to be good though when you're behind thirteen of the best players in the NRL. Yeah, when you're at the Knights though, it's a bit but the, different. But there's been but the multiple re- situations where like there's there's been that fifty fifty fucking put your body on the line, and he won't do it. And, yeah. that, and that's where you're like, mate, like how bad do you want it kind of He thing? also doesn't have anyone there with him. Like with no. the greatest respect to Knights players, and I can't play first grade, no. No, no, I'm never, not never sticking can my hand up and saying I'm a rugby league expert. And I'm not taking away his, his, his talent, but it's that that want. 
and you just don't see it. Like, you know, whenever he captains, he's not that, you know, he's not that follow me boys kind of captain. Yeah. He's just not that guy. And there's been multiple times where it's like, if, you know, somebody's going for the corner and it's the fullback coming around and it, he just pulls out of it. Where if you, you throw your body at it, you might you might stop him. It's that 50-50 chance and he just doesn't. Like You see it a fair bit. I'll have to watch it a bit more closely in, cl- in club land. Um, another thing that caught my eye during the week was a 17-year-old got attacked by a great white shark. Jesus Christ. And his best mate saved him. So I'm not sure if this will... If this will work, but we might be. This able is to going to show the video. We might be able to get the audio. No, there was no video of it. Um, Fuck, I hate sharks. They're scary cunts. I, you know what I don't like about them? Or is it going to work? Fucking like, I just hate that. that and fair enough, it's like an evolutionary design. Like, but I just think it's such a fucking dog move that they 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 come up from underneath. It's like come sideways so we can see your fin and we know you're coming. We're like we're not going to get away anyway. We're shit in the fucking water. <laughs> we're fucked. But just as the it fact is. they come up from underneath, I'm just like that's such a fucking dog move. Like give us a chance, shark. Like fuck you. It's not often someone faces off with a great white and survives, but that's exactly what happened to Luke Pascoe, the 17-year-old escaping with these stomach-turning bites after a spearfishing trip nearly ended his life. Luckily, I had my mate Connor there who, if not for him, I would not be here right now. I owe my life to him. The duo were 50 metres out to sea, hunting fish off Mistaken Island near Albany's Good Beach. At first, I thought I was dreaming, and it was it was huge. It was like the size of a small full drive. A five-metre predator headed oh. in their direction. Took one turn, had a look at me, took another turn, and on that last turn, it just came straight for me and bit me on the legs. I come up to breathe because I was underwater, and I just see this this splash and the tail and his arms go flying, and I... Yeah, I thought he, was, thought he was dead. With blood in the water, they then faced an agonising swim to safety. This is I gritted this my teeth and kicked as hard as I could with both legs, just trying to get back to shore. Connor Shirley slowing his strokes to help his mate. I was more worried about him than myself because I thought he was done for. I thought... I thought it had killed him or taken a leg or something. Once on land, the hero friend used their dive belts to make a tourniquet, a split-second and life-saving decision. We did a first aid course for Outdoor Ed for snake bites and I, I figured it was the same thing. The last hurdle, a two-kilometre trek across jagged rocks to their car, Connor Shirley piggybacking oh. his mate and driving him half an hour to Albany Health Campus. And we walked in and he was on my back and... um. He looked at the lady at the front office. He was like, um, "Do you know how to stitch?" Mia edged towards <laughs> Nine news. What a fucking king, dude! Like, so his his fucking best mate runs across two k's of rock with his mate on his back, and I was just like, "What a sick cunt!" Just a bit of a feel good story, I thought, for the boys. I wish I could say I'd do the same. I just, I just don't see me having that in me. <laughs> I've um I've done first aid and I've worked at a hospital, so I know what to do in that situation of kind of trying to stop a bleed, but, yeah, seeing I a just shark, don't think I could make it across 2K of rocks on my own. Oh, running 2Ks would get me, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let alone fucking carrying your mate. Like, yeah. I'd be like, bro, like, Fuck, sorry, you should man. have made better friends. This, is, <laughs> like, this is where it ends, dude. But after all that, um, the young fella said, you know, I was in their domain, I'd fucked up, I was spearfishing. Yeah, that's how it works. And then he goes, 
yeah, I'd get back in there. Which they all say. They I'm all like, you're all say. fucking insane, dude. Fucking like, fuck, if I got, if I was riding my bike down the road, right? Yeah. And a drunk driver fucking hits me on my bike. Yeah. And someone, and I'm laying in hospital, I'm all fucked. And they go, what happened? I was like, I was riding my bike, drunk driver hit me. They go, you ever going to get out on your push bike and ride again? I go, fuck no, dude. No. I'm going to go ride the bike in the gym. I'm going to run some cunt down my car. Yeah. And when next time I see a few cyclists on the road, I'm going to deliberately veer to the left and go, and clean them up as a bit of fucking redemption, as a bit of karma. Anyway. I don't get it. Like I'm just a bad swimmer, though, as well. So, like, oh, fuck. It just, yeah, that. I'm a bad swimmer. I'm pale. So, the beach isn't my friend. So, I just. I'm like, yeah, I'm good staying away from the fucking beach. I just, fucking I couldn't go, like, I would be way, well, first of all, I'd be self-conscious in a wetsuit, but second of all, I feel like I'd look exactly like a seal. Yeah. And in that situation, 100%. they'd be like, I'm going to kill that cunt. And they'd be like, no, don't, help me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. I, yeah, good good on for all, mate, there, but mate, Jesus Christ. Absolute legend. So, as, uh, as always, mate, we like to wrap up with a little bit of a, what we call the Sunday roast, where each week we exploit a shit cunt. All right, let's get straight into this then. The Sunday roast. Oh shit! The Sunday roast this week. Oh, Finchy. And this one hurts because you know Brett Finch. I used to watch him on Bloke in a Bar, and he, he was so to, lovable. He was a lovable larrikin. Everyone liked him. He was very self-deprecating in his humour, but obviously had a very dark side. So uh, Brett Finch, earlier in the week, has pleaded guilty to the uh, sex, the child sex, uh, the child sex charges against him. Um, dude, apparently, so it was a bit of a gay hotline that Brett Finch was into. Yeah, what does that mean? So it has said, let me. Let me read a little bit here. The retired football has pleaded guilty in Sydney's Downing Centre local court on Tuesday morning to share the child abuse material on the Fast Meat hotline. Messages Fast from the meat. Yeah. Messages from oh, the four year old. As in M E double T. Yeah, M E double T. Get your meat here, boys. I was like a bunch of Ethiopian kids or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Messages from 40-year-old Finch left on the services were revealed in an agreed statement of facts tendering to court, which includes material too vile to publish. Yeah, how you going, mate? Finch asked one message sent in November 2020. My name is Brad. Why are you going to do me like this, Finchy? <laughs> you fucking dog cunt. What the fuck? Okay. So it says, my name is Brad, 35, masculine build. So we know it's not me. <laughs> have you seen... Um, Married, so we also know it's not me. Uh, a, a little bit of it. Have you seen how there's fucking... Whenever someone gets in trouble, they, they blame that kid. They're always like, I'm Jimmy Richards or something. I haven't seen... No, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's always like this kid and they're like... When, 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 like Whenever someone does something, they just yell out, I'm this kid. Yeah, I'm Jimmy Richards. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jimmy Richards. That what, was a classic what move. Whatever, whatever his fucking name we, is. This kid keeps getting like slam shit. That's not him. I just imagine Brett Finchie being like, I'm Brad Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever do that anybody. Um, yeah, we used to do that in high school. So we used to just be like, I'm so-and-so. He used to always pick on this poor cunt. Well, not me, but other cunts. Um, so he said, my name is Brad, 35, masculine build, married. 
love to have a hot chat and talk about real kinky, all right? Having a threesome with a nice 16-year-old boy. Um, the article then goes on to say, in another in another one, Finch said, G'day, mate, a married guy, 39, muscular bod, would love to be outside with you and me in swimmers. A nice 16-year-old surfer boy comes past. Who, who's he messaging? So this is him messaging someone on a... I, I think it's like an app or like a, a, a website or something so that he's just that he's putting these to. And I think like at one point there was like a, a voice message. Uh, in December 2020... Finch sent messages describing his desire to perform sexual acts with a 12-year-old boy. After his arrest, Finch told police he had never engaged in sex with minors but had sent messages when he was twisted. Twisted is his own words there. Finch pleaded guilty through his lawyer, Mick Gurr, to a single charge of using Who? a carriage service. What was his lawyer's name? Mick Gear. Oh, like Mick Gurr, maybe? M-C-G-I-R-R. I'm illiterate and can't oh, read. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so Finch pleaded guilty through his lawyer to a single charge of using a carriage service to share child abuse material. He did not ever directly speak to anyone. But this is fucked. Right. And it's just, it's, I, think it's, I think it's so wild that a bloke that's pretty much had everything, achieved most, what most young blokes want to do, fucking, you know, played State of Origin, was involved in He a, was loved. In a winning play in State of Origin, loved by so many people, has a beautiful wife, has money, has fucking everything, but he's just... Well, he had money. Had money. And there was he, a, yeah, that he's story just, where he, he, he blew a lot of it up his nose. I don't know if you've ever saw him on that podcast. Oh. Tell his story, but he fucking... He, he blew it all up his nose fucking pretty much. Like, he lost fucking everything to it. Like oh, did his he? His missus ended up leaving him and shit because he's calling in sick to the radio work, jobs to go get fucking... Go get a bag and shit. Like, and just, yeah. He, um... Yeah, he fucked up on, on a lot of things. But Sad, man. And it's he like... Was, he was starting to turn it around and then fucking this happened, so... Oh, it's fucking crazy, man, so... It's so weird, like... Like, I don't... I, I, th- I always thought for the longest time... What had happened was, because someone had said this to me, was he was in like a a, a a Discord or a group chat or something like that, as basically like, you know, it's where you get your drugs. And okay. someone in there had, had, shared, had something. shared something and he got lumped in with it. And that's what I thought for the longest time. I didn't know he was on some fucking, I don't know, what do they call it? A gay hotline or fucking whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, well, meet. Meat.com like, or fucking like just saying I'd like, to, I'd like to suck off a 16 year old And I'd like to fool her Like that's fucking That's weird I don't man. know like, how high I would have to get To fucking start writing that shit And like it's just Oh fucking that's even That's just in your like, And the thing that I think about this Is a lot of And it's really bad But in a lot of instances When people are like Pedophiles with that kind of shit They've been abused in the past Yeah So it makes me think Like I wonder if you know Part of him smashing drugs and doing all this and being the life of the party and carrying on like a larrikin and being self-deprecating and all that kind of stuff. Has this come from abuse in his past? That he has like trauma that he hasn't kind of dealt with and now he's he's moving forward. And unfortunately, as he's got to a point in his life where he's had money, he's had success, he's had all this stuff, but he hasn't had that void filled or he hasn't dealt with the trauma or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Like fuck, man! Like a twelve-year-old boy and a sixteen-year-old boy. Like, I've what the fuck are you even thinking, man? Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't even think fucking that's. I don't even think that's it in this situation, eh? Because like, if 
from all reports I've like ever seen him talk about like he's he's passed on shit like yeah he's got pretty stable parents like he's been around, I don't know just, it's just like it's not the same. you can you can never say never yeah but it just doesn't seem like he he ever had those because it sounded like his biggest demons came once he retired from football because his whole life from like six to fucking now had been obsessed with about football because he'd been he'd been a ball boy and his dad was like a coach for the Knights and fucking he just lived and breathed football and he, he openly said like when he retired he fucking was like what the fuck do I do like yeah. I'm a footballer I can't play football like what the, what the fuck am I doing like and he just lost his way from there like you can never say never like someone could have done something but fuck me man like so, uh, it doesn't w- seem like it for him but either way it's it's really sad and it's I'm, I'm glad that no kid was affected by it but at the same it's time. It's a flag. That's like It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's a fucking flag. Yeah. And the, f- and the sad thing is there's, there's plenty of those people out there. So, um, anyway, that's our Sunday roast. Uh, thank you again for listening. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram if you don't already. It's at underscore Bradley Bishop. Go check out my new podcast called Biffs and Riffs with comedians Bobby Sandu, oh, Elliot this. Stewart, and Luke Dillon. It's a basically a bunch of comedians giving uneducated chat and opinions on the UFC and giving you our fight predictions. Holy fuck! I need to get around that. Yeah, it's a. It's that a is g- a killer lineup. That is like, those are there. Those are four comedians I would pay to see every day of the week. We had a lot Fucking of fun recording the first one, shit, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the future recording with those is it up boys. Yet? Yeah, so now. available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you guys get your yep. podcasts. If you guys could Holy give shit. this show a rating, wherever you listen to it, uh, if you could give the Biffs and Riffs a rating as well, wherever you listen to it, it just kind of boosts our chances in the algorithm. And it really it really pains me to say this shit. Support the algorithm. I It it sucks. It's annoying to, for us to say, but um, it helps us get a little bit of exposure. And as Ben said, it can help us eventually quit our jobs and do what we are passionate about, please feel free to give my good friend Ben McClellan a follow on Instagram and check out his YouTube videos as well. It's at Ben McClellan Comedy. Listen to McClennan. his... McClennan. <laughs> what did I say? McClellan. Oh, sorry. Everyone dude. puts L's in there. I'm retarded. You're all right. Um, yeah, <laughs> give him a follow. Ben, would you like to spell it for the punter at home? M-C-L-E-N-N-A-N. Bang. And you know how to spell Ben and you know how to spell comedy. Listen to his podcast with fellow comedian Mitch Coyne, which is called Mitch and Ben vs. Everything on all good podcasting apps. Check out the Newcastle Comedy Club every Tuesday night for the open mic night where you'll definitely find me and Ben and on the weekend showcases as well. It's one of the best clubs in the country. If Ben and I are performing there, we'll always let you know on our socials. Benny, anything else you need to say, mate? Nah, mate, just thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Eh? Anytime, mate. We'll do it again soon. We'll get Fuck you yes. and Mitch on and we'll just have a good old dribble and more importantly, we'll drink more beer. But until oh, then, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, chill to the next episode. Smoke weed every day. Always, baby. Get out of here, you guaylos. Hell yeah, dog. Cheers again, bro. Cheers, man. I'm not a hip hop guy, but fuck, I love that beat. You gotta love Dr. Dre, oh, man. Bro. Something about a Dr. Dre beat gets me moving in the panties. <laughs>